our purpose is again, like I said, to provide financial literacy to people so they can live life on their terms, not somebody else's. Welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs, drivers, and social impactors who use purpose as the driver to achieve greatness. My name is Kobe Mfunsa, and I'm here to provide you with priceless value that will last a lifetime. So let's get right into it. All right, so today we have Omar Khan, the co-founder of Theta Trading. Omar is, Omar is a beast, man. He's been, he's been doing his thing for 20 plus years, um, investing in the stock market, and he is just a wealth of knowledge. Um, he transitioned from working in the financial services industry within the, the big five Canadian banks um, to becoming a full-time real estate investor and derivatives trader. And I can personally say I took the trading, uh, theta trading course, and it was just mind-blowing information. It was like a no-brainer. Um, and you always hear these these stories, you always, there's so much information out there and you'll hear people say, you know, this is easy to do. You can make this amount of money, but it's, they're so practical with the way they teach it. And it's so logical that it just makes too much sense. And I always say this, um, a sign of a good teacher is someone who can break down what seems to many as a complicated concept in a very simple and relatable um, way. So Omar, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, happy to be on. Thank you for having me on, Kobe. Appreciate it. No worries. So Omar, first off, how are you doing during these times, man? There's just a lot going on in the news. Um, and we're in the middle of a pandemic as well. The market is taking a turn for the worse. Like, how are you doing during these times? I'm doing great. I have no problems. <laughs> I, sleep, I sleep pretty well at night. Uh, the reason because is because I've structured my affairs accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll encourage everyone to do this. Like, for example, we all talk about, oh, we all should have multiple income streams. Great. How many people actually have multiple income streams? Very few, right? As Warren Buffett said, if you don't figure out how to make money while you're sleeping, you are going to work till the day you die. Okay? Hmm. Very simple, very simple concept. So you gotta figure these things out. So for me, during the pandemic, it's worked out pretty well because my investments luckily have shielded me from, from the pandemic mostly. My real estate's done pretty well because it's mostly almost mostly commercial. I mean, sorry, mostly residential. Uh, and, and then the trading, because obviously, you know, the system that we use, Kobe, it's a very forgiving system. So we've actually made money during this market crash as opposed to lose money. Uh, so it's gone, it's gone pretty well, but here's the main difference is Kobe. The main thing is you have to realize is that we can't control external circumstances. We can't control the world. We can only control how we react to what's happening. Like everything was cool one day. And then all of a sudden, bam, pandemic comes out, right? Yeah, we have two choices. We can lie down and cry about it. Oh my God, poor me. Whoa, this sucks. Blah blah blah. Or we can say, you know what? I can't control this. I can't control the pandemic. All I can control is how I react to it. Mm. So that's the attitude I use. I I just use okay. What what can I do? Like I can't control the pandemic. I can't control recession. I can't control depression. I can't control any of this stuff. All I can control is what time do I get up? What do I do? My day to day activities. What do I do? As long as I keep doing those things, I'll be fine. That's what I use. What about you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think, um, you know, these times are, are a testament to the people who can adapt, 
right? And yeah, if I agree with you. In, in life in general, even not even thinking about business, if you're not able to adapt, um, you end up crumbling, right? So um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm blessed. Like I, like I like to say, and I'm just taking advantage of my blessings for sure. So Omar, where were you, where were you born and raised, first of all? I was born in uh, Karachi, Pakistan. I was, uh, came to Canada when I was uh, four years old. I uh, went to the University of Toronto. Uh, for I did an economics degree. I served four years in the Canadian military uh, hmm. during during university because uh, I love guns and, <laughs> and firing things. Love guns and firing weapons and, and 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 hanging around with other guys and lifting like weights and stuff. That was a really cool activity. So I really enjoyed the military. So I went four years in university, and then I worked for in the financial service industry for fifteen years. And here I am now with data trading. And what, um, I mean, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot in, you know, in a few sentences, but what, um, I guess you could say, did you remember growing up in Pakistan? Like, what was that experience uh, like? Yeah, I don't remember. I, like, I left when I was four. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. We've gone back many times. It's a, it's a great place to visit and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember a whole lot because I was so young when I left. Uh, you know, it's hard to form a lot of memories before you're, you know, five years old. Got so. you. Yeah. Then, then we lived in the States for, I think, three years. My parents both went to the University of Arkansas. Can you imagine being... Me at the University of Arkansas. That's not exactly the most <laughs> tolerant place to be. In. Yes, for sure. But, for uh, sure. I was as a kid, lived there for three years, and then my parents moved to uh, Toronto, uh, Canada. We've been here ever since, so it's a cool story. So right, right early in your life, it seems like you were you were moving around a lot, like you were shifting around. There's lots of changes, and I've, it seems like you went through so many different stages in your life. Even though it was like you, you said it briefly. Did that add any aspect in terms of where you're at right now? Like, did that pr- provide any value to you? Yeah, I think it did. And this, here's the here's sense that it provided value. I didn't like the fact that I had to move around and do all this other stuff. And, like, you know, I'm very grateful that my parents gave me a, a good living and food on the table. I'm very thankful to them. To this, of course, uh, obviously, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but, I, I, you know, it does bother you a bit when you're moving schools and you lose your old friends. And that happened to me a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, you know, for me, I've, I haven't, I haven't, we haven't moved since the last 15 years because we don't want to disrupt the kids because they've all got good friends and stuff, but I'm able to afford to stay where I want to, right? Mm-hmm. Not everyone is lucky enough to be in that situation, right? I don't have to move. Some people have to move. And for me, uh, for me, you know, um, the lack of finances when I had, when I was growing up and the lack of money knowledge really caused a lot of problems in my life. It caused a lot of issues in my life because no one taught me, you know, how to do things. Uh, and, and I wanted, the reason I started Theta Trading Co is so that other people don't have to go through the crap that I went through and Matthew went through being, you know, uh, kids who grew up in immigrant households and didn't have any knowledge whatsoever. Let me ask you a question, Kobe, what, 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 parent, what, what country are you from? Your parents? I was, I was born in Canada, but my parents are from Ghana. Yeah. So oh, I'm, Ghana, a, I'm a rich, Ghana, Ghana, Africa. Yes, right, sir. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so you come from West Africa in Ghana and... You grew up, I bet you, very similar to the way I grew up, right? Immigrant household, right? Yeah. Did, were you given any financial literacy knowledge when you were growing up? Like what to do, how to do it? Like you bought nope. a property. Like, yeah. Did your parents ever teach you all that stuff? Nope. Right. Same thing with me. Same exact same thing happened. Hmm. And it caused so many problems in my life in my 20s because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Mm. You know, I took on, got, got involved in all kinds of stuff I probably shouldn't have done. You know, like I took a credit card out the day, first day of university. <laughs> And I didn't realize that, you know, the, what 30% interest meant. I didn't know because no one ever told me, right? Yes. You quickly learn. Uh, so that's been my, the biggest lessons for me. And I don't want that to be a problem for anyone else in the future. And that's why I created this company. 
Can definitely relate to that, man. Definitely. Yeah. So you you spent about 15 years in the financial services industry. Um, but what what gravitated towards you, you know, towards that industry? What 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 got you involved in that industry? Oh, I've always loved the stock market. Uh, since, hmm. since since high school, university, I've loved the stock market. I love the fascination of how it works, why it works. It's it's but you know, not many people truly get to understand how the stock market works. Everyone just dismisses it with a broad stroke. Oh, it's too risky. Well, it is if you don't know what you're doing. Sure, it is, right? So I got interested in it because just I've had an interest in it for you know since since uh, high school. It's been a long, long time for me uh, because I, I've always enjoyed what Warren Buffett has done, uh, making himself one of the richest people in the world just by investing in stocks. So I figure you know if he can do it, I can do I can do some a, a pretty decent job of it too. So uh, I, I I really enjoy the stock market, how it works, how its functionality is, and and, and the way it works in general. Yeah. Hmm. And you, you know, you were, you, you had experience of working in that corporate environment, working that, that full time, um, working full time, but, um, you know, you didn't, you, you, like you said, you, you grew up in an immigrant household similar to myself. Um, and I'm going to assume like you weren't taught how to, you weren't taught how to like run your own business or start your own business. Where did that mindset to decide to do that come from? If you didn't grow up that way? Yeah, it's just all self-taught, right? Like you just have to teach yourself. Like we, I, I've got a sizable real estate portfolio. I own I own a lot of doors. Uh, um, I started Theta Trading Co. Uh, you know, I, I worked in the industry 15 years. It all came from basically, you know, things I needed to learn that I wasn't taught. So you just kind of teach yourself. I taught myself how to trade, myself and Matthew. We taught ourselves how to buy real estate. So we joined Rain because mm-hmm. we came from a finance background. We didn't know anything about real estate, right? Hmm. And so we joined Rain for like seven years. At least I did. I joined Rain for seven years, and I learned how to buy real estate the right way. Right hmm. then, I started Theta Trading Co. Because I knew there was so many people. When I would go to these meetings of real estate people, they would just tell me the stock market is sucks. And I came from the stock market background, so I'm, I, it would offend me. I'm like, no, guys, it doesn't suck. You just don't know about it. And I would tell everyone. I would say, look, this is the right way to do it. And so many people listened to me, and you know. And, and then what happened was over the years, Kobe, is it became. I told so many people because I love doing it that, you know, one person would, te- would be like, Hey, can you teach me how to do this? Next person? Hey, can you teach me how to do this? And it became like half my week is gone. Just teaching friends and family how to trade. So hmm. last summer I started data trading co again, because this is exactly what I would have wanted 22 years ago when I first started trading hmm. to eliminate all the mistakes out of the way. Let me ask you a question, Kobe. If you didn't run across this, do you think you'd ever find out about this in your entire life? Nah, probably not. I would have just thought it was too risky. You know, that's right. the first thing that comes to people's minds when they think of options, for sure. Yeah. You, I, I guarantee you never would have heard about this your entire life. And if you did, you wouldn't know how to apply it. Now that mm-hmm. you learned it, now you've got a lifelong skill that nobody in this world can take away from you. All right? So that's a good place to be in. So that's, that's, that's a bit about my background and why I, I started these companies. It's, it's not because I grew up in a household where I certainly was taught how to do this stuff. Definitely not. It's because out of necessity, you know, hmm. uh, they said, what is it? What is that saying? Um, uh, necessity, the mother of all invention, right? Like that's, hmm. that's basically what it is. Right. So when you, when you grow up with like, you, know, you have an OSAP debt to pay and you've got, you know, things that you want to do, like, you know, you know, how it is you grew up in an immigrant household. Where did you go on vacation in the summer times? No, I was just at home. Yeah. Right, right. Same with me, right? We got yeah. to go nowhere because we didn't have any money. We didn't mm-hmm. get to go on any vacations. If we did go on a vacation, it would be to Pakistan, right? That would be our vacation. 
right? And, or it would be to like a wedding in Chicago. So when you start living that life and as a child, you're like, you know what? I want to do better. And it's, trust me, it's not at all. Of course, I, I love what my parents did for me. There was a lot of love in the household. There's no replication for that. But on the financial side, I knew I could provide more for my kids. And it was just simply a matter of knowledge. And that's why I've gravitated towards this field because, you know, it causes a lot of problems in people's lives, lack of money. It really does. You see people getting divorced over it. You see suicides over it, mental health issues over it, right? Not having money, I mean, sorry, having a lot of money is not everything. I, I, I know this because I've been broke and I've been rich in my life as an adult. So having a lot of money, it's cool. It's not going to make you happy, right? But not having it, that does cause a lot of problems. I've been mm. in both sides. I know what having nothing feels like. It sucks. Mm. It causes a lot of issues in your life, especially if you're married and other issues. And, you know, if it's easily eradicated, that's our mission, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're just basically, you just listened to your environment and you just gave the people what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I educated myself to the point where I, I knew that I could defend, I could take care of myself. So for example, Kobe, I left, uh, I left a really high paying job. I left seven years ago almost. I had a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old at home. Jeez. Okay? I know, right? And I left my job, a high-paying job, like, like a very high-paying job. And I left, and I said, I'm going to go on my own. My wife was like, are you insane? What are you doing? Why are you leaving your high-paying job? You know why I could leave, Kobe? It's because I had the knowledge. Hmm. Knowledge is far more valuable than money is. I knew, how to, I knew how to buy real estate the right way. I had bought a bunch of properties. I knew how to trade so I could generate enough cash flow to feed my family and replace my income. So I knew how to do both of these things. So I'm like, I'm going to take my chance as an entrepreneur because I had my whole life, you know, I had to have a job because I had to provide for my family and all that stuff. So you, can't, you, know, you can't leave a job until you have enough resources to leave that job, right? Hmm. If you aren't given any resources, well, then you've got to develop the resources yourself. Yeah. So I saved, I saved, I saved, I built up enough equity and enough trading account. And then one day I was like, I'll see you around. And I have never looked back. And it's the best move I ever made. And there's one point there I want to touch on just before we move on to the next question. How was that? Um, it's because a lot of, a lot of um, guests that we have on our show, you know, they have families and they have obligations as well, but how, talk to us about, you know, what your, your mindset was, you know, you have, you know, you have a family that you need to provide for, yeah. but you're in a situation where, um, you you have a high paying job. Mm-hmm. What, like, yeah. how are you, how are you able to come to that conclusion? Like here's, here's, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, okay. Okay. You got a high paying job and we're living a great lifestyle, vacations, nice cars, mm-hmm. like nice home, like all the stuff that I could ever ask for in life, all the stuff that I did. But you know, one thing I did ever had didn't have autonomy. Hmm. I, I didn't have free will to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to. So when I left my job, I know, I believe in abundance. There's a lot out there. You can create, okay? I knew there was a lot more for me out there than a job. And I love, I love my job and I love the people I worked with and all that stuff. That's great. Uh, but I knew there was so much more for me to do. There's, a, there's another saying that, you can, that, that, I, that I like to refer to. You can either live with discipline or you can live with regret but you will live with one of them. Hmm. Okay. You can either live with discipline or regret. The thing I did not want to do is, is have that comfy job and then look back in 20 years and say, Hey, you know, I could have done something really cool, but I just didn't have, you know, I, I, I live with regret because I just didn't have, you know, the, 
the the confidence or the or the or the you know the desire to do something like this starting something like like data trading and building up a huge real estate portfolio it's not easy it's a, it takes a lot of work right so you think of that's one hand you have that the other hand you have you know what i got a great job nine you know like nothing crazy after hours no weekend work now i work evenings weekends days nights i work all the time right but the difference is you do it for yourself so i think that's the biggest thing the biggest thing is once you realize what you're capable of and you have the resources to do it what's the worst that'll happen you'll go back and get a job so what i can live with that what i didn't want to live with is going looking back in 20 years and saying you know i could have done something really cool like like with, with data trading kobe we started this thing a year ago Wow. Not, not even a year ago. We've already taught 700 people. Jeez. We're a, yeah. We're making a, quite a name for ourselves. Right. And, and you know, and you've seen our testimonials. Kobe, people love us. Like <laughs> they, they love us. They're like, you've changed my whole life. Right. Like when I, when I hear stuff like that, it makes me feel so good about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I never would have done that. I would never would have positively impacted 700 lives if I was still in my old job. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's why I'm telling you, put yourself in a position and you know where you can do something different we all have dreams hopes aspirations in life money is not about buying stuff it's not buying stuff does not make you happy i learned that the hard way right mm-hmm. i know what it feels like to be broke i bought a lot, a lot of cool stuff like cars and stuff it puts a smile on your face for like a month after that it's a bunch of garbage you're like what a, what a, i have no i don't even care for this you know what does make a huge difference though what makes a difference is when you positively impact someone's life hmm. right when when someone tells you Hey, because of you, my whole life has changed. There's no better feeling than that, my friend. When you wake up with that fulfillment, that purpose, like you talked about, every single day, and you get to do something cool that you love to do. You can't ask for more than that, man. And if I was still at my job, wouldn't I be able to do it? So that's what I'm encouraging uh, you and your listeners to do, is to learn how to, you know, how to create other income sources so that if you want to one day, if you have other dreams, aspirations that you want to take advantage of, at least you'll have the resources to do so. All right. So yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Thank you. So with Omar, with can you explain the cops? Uh, the cops. Can you explain <laughs> the? Can you explain the concept behind option trading? Yeah, yeah. Very simply, Kobe. As you know, we, we we're not exactly aggressive options uh, traders. We don't. We only use two strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a naked put strategy and one is a covered call strategy. Don't get caught up too much into what it is, mm-hmm. but essentially it works like this. Okay. Let's take, we only trade stocks that we love, that we know that we are more than happy to own if need be. Okay. So I'll name a few of them off. Kobe, you probably know them already, right? Uh, in Canada, we have TD, TD bank, Enbridge, CN rail. In the United States, it's Facebook, Visa, Apple, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, Nike, uh, Bank of America, Disney. Uh, I might be missing one or two. Apple. But Apple, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so these are the companies that we trade. Okay. So what is it that we do? Let's say, for example, Microsoft trading at $200. Okay. What we do is we'll look at our, our charts and our, and, our, and, 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 and our fundamental analysis. We'll agree to buy Microsoft, let's say, for $190, right? So Microsoft is at 200, which we love. We're happy to buy it for 200, okay? What we do is we agree to buy Microsoft for 190, which is $10 below its market price. Just because we agreed to buy a stock we love for $10 cheaper than its market price, 
someone paid us, let's say $5. That's the basic crux of what we do. So every single trade that we make is a win-win because only two things can happen here, guys. Either Microsoft goes below 190 and we have to buy it, no problem. We're totally cool with that because we got paid $5 and we bought it for 190 or less, so our real cost is 185. Totally cool with that. Or Microsoft stays above 190, we keep the $5 and we do it again next month. Either way, we're happy. And every single trade we do is along that same formula. Either we get money, or we get the, a, a, a stock we want to do at a cheap price and money. We win every single trade. And that's why I love our strategy and our formula because it works so well for me. It allows me to sleep well at night. Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, worst case scenario is I own like Microsoft at a cheap price. So what? I can live with that risk. I can't live with the risk of losing my money. That's one, as Warren Buffett said, there are two rules to investing, gentlemen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me. There are two rules to investing. Uh, and he said, the rule number one, guys, is do not lose your money. Rule number two, do not forget rule number one. Very simple, okay? So the reason we write naked puts, which is agreed to buy high-quality stocks at a cheaper price, is because the worst-case scenario for us, as long as we're not using margin, is that we're going to own that stock at a cheaper price. So what? I'm totally fine with that. Collect a dividend, write a covered call. It's a great strategy. As you know, Kobe. Mm -hmm. And so I want to – go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying. So the basic bottom line is, guys, we get paid a lot of money just for agreeing, not actually buying, just for agreeing to buy stocks that we would buy anyways at a discount. Now, you tell me if that's a no-brainer of an investment decision. For us, it's a no-brainer. We do it all the time. I, I love that strategy. And I like to use, um, when I'm explaining to people, I like to use a high-level example. Um, like I like to use when you're buying a house. So let's say you're purchasing a house for, um, you want to purchase a, a house that's available for sale for 500000 yep. Um, But you actually, your budget is 400000 So you sign a contract saying, hey, I want to purchase this house um, if it goes to 400000 in the next month. And because I signed that contract, immediately I get $10,000. Well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Great, right? Very good analogy, Kobe. Absolutely. So immediately I get $10,000. So if the price drops to 400000 I get to purchase the price of the house at 400000 which I signed a contract for. But if it doesn't, it's all good. I still get the $10,000, right? You get the $10,000 so, regardless of what happens. Regardless, regardless, yeah. So um, it just, it's a no-brainer, it's, it's, man. It's, it's a no-brainer, exactly. It's a win-win every time. In this example, either you either you like the house for five hundred, you clearly like it for four hundred even more, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If it goes to four hundred, great. If it doesn't, great. You get paid regardless. It's a win-win. You don't care either outcome. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes the strategy so so appealing, and that's why uh, we've done so well. Can you imagine we started this company ten months ago, ten ten and a uh -huh. half months ago, Matthew and I? You know what it was last summer? Matthew and I were deciding. We're like, hey. What should we do for the rest of our lives? We literally did not know what we wanted to do because we had no idea whether anyone would, would, would pay to listen to, you know, hearing us talk about options. We had no idea because we loved it. We knew what, what a huge difference it made in our lives, but we didn't know if anyone else would listen to it. We had no idea. So we started the company. We built out the infrastructure. We built out all that stuff, and then we tested it. We're like, okay, let's see if it works. And here we are, 10 and a half months later, 700 students taught, and Thousands and thousands more to go. 
and we will change the way the entire industry of finance works in terms of money management. Absolutely. Like for example, Kobe, you're a great, great example. What did you do? What did you do with your money before you learned trading? And what are your plans now that you've learned? So before I understand you're into real estate, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that would have been your only mechanism for creating wealth because it's the only thing you understood. Correct. Yeah. 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 Now that you understand both, do you know what a huge difference that'll make going forward? Huge, huge, yeah, huge. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to use the stock market to buy real estate. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. That's exactly yeah. what you should do. Good move. Yeah. Use your premiums to take the money and use that to buy real estate. And then once you have enough real estate and you got, let's say you got, you know, five properties or whatever you want, 10, hundred of them, thousand of them, whatever it might, that number might be for you. Let's say you got five properties, you're cash flowing five grand a month on those five properties. You got your trading account, you're making another 10,000 10, a month, 20,000 a month. And you're like, you know what? I'm done. It all depends on what you want in life. But the, the real thing, important thing is knowledge. You could say, I want $10 million a year, but then you have to build your portfolio that way, right? Mm -hmm. Or you could say, I want you know, 10 grand a month and I want to live life and do whatever I feel like doing. It all depends on you. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think the reason why, um, you, cause you mentioned that you guys weren't really sure how successful it was going to be when you first built it out. Um, but I think a key component there, which is what we touched on earlier is that you guys were leading with purpose, right? You had a purpose yes. behind what you do, what you were doing. You had a deeper meaning. So we did. can you just talk a little bit about that deeper meaning and what drove um, you and Matthew? And by the way, listeners, Matthew is the, the co-owner of, uh, of Theta Training, just by the way. Yeah, it, it all goes back down to the childhood thing again, Kobe. It boils back down to childhood. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't, my, parents, my, my parents provided us everything we needed, right? Like, but it was never like, you know, we never got to do extra cool stuff. My friends would get to do summer camps and hockey, and we never had the money to do that stuff, right? Same thing with Matthew's parents. You know how it is as an immigrant. And, I, and many people can relate as immigrant parent, uh, immigrant household. You, know, you have enough, but you don't have extra, okay? Mm -hmm. So our purpose behind Theta was showing people because financial illiteracy was caused a lot of problems in my life. You know, I didn't have financial literacy. I didn't have people I could lean upon. Took OSAP debt on. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't I barely know how to buy my first house. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I was 28 when I bought my first house. I didn't know what I was doing. Again, lack of literacy. And then I, I started trading well before that, but I didn't know anything about real estate. But you start trading, you start educating yourself. And you're like, you know what? The purpose behind what we're doing is a very simple thing. We are showing people how to gain financial independence through the use of the stock market so they don't go through what we went through. We want as many people to be educated about their own finances as possible so they don't have to rely upon others. You know how many people give their money to mutual funds just blindly? You don't know what the hell is in that thing? No clue what's in it. There's Canadian mutual fund industry, think of this. $1.5 trillion okay, wow. in assets. Think of that number. On average, two and a half percent a year is paid in management fees for that for those for those mutual funds. That's thirty-seven point five billion dollars a year that the Canadian uh, people pay to have their funds managed. And you know what? Ninety percent or eighty-five to ninety percent of those fund managers don't even beat the stock market. So our job is to provide education, our purpose in life. This what we have designed here, Kobe is exactly what Matthew and I would have wanted when we were 21, 22 years old. And we first started trading 
and we had no idea what we we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So we took more than two decades of knowledge and compressed it into this course, took out all the mistakes. Because if you hadn't learned this on your own, Kobe, I promise you would have made a billion mistakes just like we did. Because you know, there's so, you know how it is. You, you trade now, right? There's so many different strategies you can use. There's so many different things you can Endless. use. Endless, endless. And if you don't know to stay away from them, you're just going to say, oh, I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll try this, the other thing. And next thing you know, you know, you've gotten killed. So the purpose behind what we're doing is very straightforward. It is a personal mission for both of us to eradicate financial illiteracy and give as many people as possible the tools to live life on their own terms. That is our sole mission. And I'm so lucky in life, Kobe, I get to do something I love doing every single day. How cool is that? It's amazing. I, yeah, man. That's amazing. amazing dude. I get to wake up with a smile every day. Every day feels like Saturday to me. Like I get to be on with you today, for example, right? Talking about stocks, which I would do anyways, right? <laughs> So it's For a good sure. place to be, man. Yeah, it's a good place to be. All right. So, Omar, you mentioned um, you used to be a shareholder of, of Berkshire Hathaway, correct? Uh, I've, I've been to the Berkshire Hathaway meetings and I was a shareholder back to the Yes. So I went to Omaha, Nebraska three years in a row where they okay. have the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. And what, what stood out the most to you um, hearing Warren Buffett speak? What, what stood out the most to you? Yeah, Warren Buffett's approach is very different, right? Like he believes in a transfer of, of, of wealth from the patient, uh, from the impatient to the patient. So they asked him, well, one thing really stood out for me every time I would go through the consistency of the message. Buy good high quality stocks, hold them forever, collect your dividends. That was the basic theme every single year I went. But one thing stood out in particular for me. Uh, when I went there, and and that was with with Warren Buffett's approach. I someone asked him, he goes, Warren, how come more people don't invest the way you do? You know, his response still resonates with me to this day. He said, Well, most people simply aren't interested in getting rich slowly. Hmm. They want to get rich quick. This is the best investor in the world telling you this. Okay, who's averaged twenty percent returns for since nineteen sixty five. Okay, and people are saying, you know what? It's just not fast enough. Right, so that really stood out. How few people uh, have the patience to invest a, a certain way, and you know, I know that Warren Buffett uses the same strategy that we use in Berkshire Hathaway, where they, where they, you know, they have a derivative contract lab. It's like naked, naked puts, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if if Warren Buffett is using the same strategy, I'd be a fool not to implement a similar strategy, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's just that's just stupid. If yeah. the greatest investors of all time is using the strategy in a very similar way to you're doing it, then you'd be stupid not to do it. Or at least look into it. It's like the answers are the test are right in front of you, but you're right. You're, <laughs> right. You know the problem is, Kobe. A lot of people get distracted, right? So people have like ten grand, let's say for example, right? Mm -hmm. People want to take that ten grand and turn it to hundred. They don't have the patience to turn from ten to thirteen one year. Next year, like sixteen. They want to take that ten and they want to turn it to a hundred. You know why? Because then they want to go to that club. They want to pop them bottles. They want to. This. That's how society has evolved. It's a show fast show society, right? It's, and it's becoming more and more like that. You know, this whole thing of like people driving these, all these exotic cars and they don't have the money to afford these things. I know because I see it all the time. I'm thinking, what are you doing? Warren Buffett does not drive a Lamborghini. And it's not, it's cool. If you want to drive a Lamborghini, drive one. Nothing wrong with it. But, you know, if you just made, you know, what I'm saying is these guys who are, who are trading and, 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 and investing nowadays, most people, they want that quick buck. 
You know, they want to turn that hot, uh, 10 grand into 100 grand so that they can live the lifestyle of, of, the, of the stuff that they see on social media, right? And that's the idea. That's not the right way to do this. The right way to do it is, is, is methodically approach your investment decisions and have a plan and build that up, right? Like, uh, but the vast, the, the thing with the Warren Buffett um, uh, meeting with Berkshire Hathaway, thing that stood out the most is people simply aren't interested in Kobe and getting rich slowly. They want that fast buck, and that's a disaster waiting to happen. You know what happens with a fast buck? Usually going after the fast buck leads you to losing all your bucks. Yep, for sure. Yeah. As the saying goes, pigs get pigs get slaughtered, right? Right, that's right, that's right. Good one ahead. Bulls make money, bears make money, and pigs get slaughtered. That that tells you we do not want to be a pig. <laughs> so Omar, um, you know you've 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 seen uh, Warren Buffett speak, but you also used to work with uh, Michael Lee Chin as well. Yeah, um, yeah. What are you know seeing Warren Buffett and then working with with Michael Lee Chin? What are some of the common actions that you notice between these two really high net worth individuals? Yeah, they're both billionaires, and I and I got to work with Michael Lee Chin on a daily basis for uh, you know almost uh, five years. So it was a long time where I worked on a daily basis. I, I met, I saw them all the time. And there's a few things that stand out between them. These people are, you know, they're both billionaires. They're incredibly focused. Right? They focus on one task and they move forward. They focus on one task and they move forward. They don't do a billion different things. They only do what excites them. They don't, they don't, I, I find they don't do things for money. They do things for passion and money is the byproduct. You know, it's, it's kind of cool the position they're in. Like Michael Lee Chin, for me, I learned a lot off him. You know, I, he was a, uh, at that time, he was the richest uh, black person in the world, I believe, at that time. And wow. he's a really good – yeah. I think he's been overtaken by somebody. Uh, but he's still very wealthy. I think he's in the multiple billions of years. Uh, really nice guy. I learned a ton off him. Great guy, right? Uh, the things you start to notice from guys like Michael Lee Chin, that man is super regimented. Like, he would come into the office at a certain time. Then he would – eat breakfast at a certain time. He would exercise every day. He would go home for lunch and eat a certain meal at a certain time, come back in the afternoon, leave at a certain time. Like his whole life is extremely regimented and disciplined. Hmm. And that's that combined with the fact that he's very intelligent and he's an entrepreneur is, a, is what allowed him to be so successful and become a multi-billionaire. It's not by accident he became a billionaire. It's because of his habits and his discipline, right? Remember going back to that earlier saying, you can either live with regret or you can live with discipline, but you will live with one, right? Michael is with discipline. He does not live with regret. And that's why he's in the position he's in. I learned a lot off him, a lot. But these, these, these billionaires, you know, uh, Kobe, uh, they're very high, uh, strong individuals. Like we would be in a meeting, let's say, for example, a sales meeting. And Michael Chin will walk and he had this, you know, Jamaican accents. He's like, all right, guys, we're doing push-up challenge. And everybody gets on the floor in your suits and you're doing push-ups in the boardroom, right? <laughs> he was a bit of a different guy that way. Yeah. So he, and, then, and then whoever got the highest amount of push-ups, let's say a guy got like 55 push-ups on the other, then Lee Chin would come in and he would beat that number. Really? And it would be kind of like a goal. And he, yeah, and he's, and back then, he was in the 60s back then, Okay. He would wow. beat us guys in our, in, our, in, our, in our late 20s, early 30s. He would beat us and he would mock us. He's like, come on, you guys can do better. You're half, you know, I'm half, your, you know, you're half my age. So he had a really a, a holistic approach to living life. It wasn't all about money. Very, very cool guy to hang around. With. 
That's powerful stuff, man. Powerful, powerful yeah. stuff. Yeah, so was. what's what's next for Omar Khan and Theta Trading? Uh, what's next for us is we're, we've taught, like I said, about 700 people so far, Kobe. It's been the most fulfilling experience of my life to provide this sort of uh, education. And we have like 105 or so reviews, I think, on, on, on Google. And you know, the common theme is life-changing, game-changing. Like it's been really cool to see that. And we experienced a pandemic in our first few months of business. Like, I never would have guessed this, right? Who would have guessed this, right? So I never would have guessed this. What's next for us? Taught 700 students so far, Kobe. We're going to teach tens of thousands more, right? Like in Canada, the United States, UK, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to teach tens of thousands of people, maybe even more, who knows, that there is a simply a better way to invest than they currently know. And the only difference between what they know now and what we can teach them is knowledge. That's it. They... There is a far, far better way to invest. So we've got that. Uh, we're launching our own uh, fund, you know, mutual fund slash hedge fund. Uh, that'll start in probably uh, fall sometime in September. Because what happens a lot of times, Kobe, walking to these things and people are like, oh, I love the concept. Wait a second, I can get paid money to buy a stock. I want to buy anyways at a discount. They're like, I love that. That's a great idea. Then they're like, you know what? I don't want to do it though. You do it. Mm. And, we, and we've had that question happen to us, asked so many times to us that we were like, you know what? We didn't think that would happen. Like, like when, I, when we first started this, I think I didn't know, Kobe, if anyone would listen to us. I didn't know anyone would want to listen to options market and how to make money. I knew it worked. Matthew knew it worked. We didn't know people like you existed that wanted to hear us, right? We weren't sure. But it's been overwhelming how many people, you know, like we have, our, our company's growing, you know, Every day, it's just growing day by day by day by day. Uh, so our goal, and it will always be our goal, Kobe, and the future of theta trading is to eradicate financial illiteracy. So we're gonna de we're developing a kids course. Wow. Yeah. Right. So when you let's say you're 19, I want these kids to know things before that I didn't know before 19. What happens when you get a credit card? You know what happened when I got a credit card first year of university? I went to Square One, first day of university, skipped all my classes. And maxed out my credit card. That was my first day of university. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You've come a long way. I've come a long way. But, but you, know, you know why, Kobe? Because no, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I walked in. You know, they gave me this credit card. They're like, hey, you got like a $1,000 limit. I, I was like, $1,000? And I got OSAP. I'm rich, right? <laughs> Went to Square One, blew my $1,000. Then I didn't realize I had to pay it. There's a 30% interest. Didn't, none of this stuff. I want kids to know this. It's an absolute failure in the education system. And my yeah. wife's a teacher. Right? And, and, and my wife teaches grade seven, grade eight, but she's, you know, I've talked to her about this many times. Why is financial literacy, basic financial literacy not taught? You know what should be taught in school? Basic financial literacy. And how to take care of one's body and health. You know, yeah. what do I eat? How much sleep do I require on a daily basis? What does blood pressure mean? Just simple stuff. How do I avoid getting diabetes? Yeah. How do I have a live, live a life, a healthy lifestyle, right? These are the things that should be taught. They're not. You know what's taught in first year university? Calculus. <laughs> I remember taking calculus in first year university. I still don't know to this, to this day why that course was taught or why I was in that class. I don't know anyone who uses this day. Now, if they replace that class with financial literacy, what's, what's, what's better for that student? You know, it's a simple argument. So that's, that's, that's our future for Theta. That, that, there's a big gap between what people know and what they should know. 
And mm. we're here to fill that gap. And we're going to do it until it's filled and as many people uh, know about it as possible. I, I don't know about, you know, big conspiracy theories, but think about it logically, Kobe. We just talked about this. $37.5 billion a year is what the Canadian Mutual Fund industry charges. Mm-hmm. You think they want you to know how to do it, do it yourself? Probably not. Probably not. There's probably 37.5 billion reasons why they don't want that to happen. Yeah. Right? So that's our goal. And that'll always be our goal. Um, and, 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 and like I said, we get, to, we get to do something we love every day and wake up with a smile on our face every day. That's awesome. Couldn't ask for more, Kobe. Powerful stuff. All right, Omar. So we're, we're, we're on the purpose round. And this is where I'm just going to ask you um, brief questions that require short answers, two to three sentences max. So Omar, we already went over this, but first question is, what is your purpose? Yeah, our purpose is, again, like I said, to provide financial literacy to people so they can live life on their terms, not somebody else's. We want you to have the power and the knowledge and not be kept in the dark and and beholden to something you don't want to do for the rest of your life. Great. What is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? An everyday habit for me that adds value to to my purpose? So something that I do on a, on a daily basis? Yes. Uh, something I do on a daily basis, I think I, I, I make sure I get eight hours of sleep. Okay. Yeah, that's very important to me because I, I don't think without a well-rested mind, you're going to perform at an optimal level. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I, I make sure I get you know, plenty of sleep. I'm not, not going to – I've read too many studies how lack of sleep can mess with your mind and, and lead to an early death. So nothing, my friend, is that important. I make sure I get my rest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? Ah, that's a really good question. If I could have a conversation with somebody living or dead, who would it be? For me, it would be uh, Muhammad Ali. Mm. Uh, and the reason why it would be Muhammad Ali for me is because I, I, what that man did at age 27, you know, by not – and the best prime years of his career – where he was due to make tens of millions of dollars. He refused on, 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 on religious and moral grounds to serve in, in, that, in, the, in the Vietnam War. Stripped of his title, three and a half years he wasn't able to box. Right? Do you know what sort of courage it requires for someone to do that? You know, I admire, people like, I admire people like Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Right? Like, that man was making 20 million years. He got booted out of the league because of his beliefs. Same thing with Muhammad Ali. I would love to go back and t- talk to him. What made you do that? Your higher purpose. It's clearly his higher purpose. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's a legend forever because of it. He made a positive impact. That is so cool. And I'd love to have a conversation with Muhammad Ali and ask him why you did it. Hey, what was the reason? What did you think? Were you worried? Were you scared? Like all that stuff. So that's who it would be for me. What about you? Who would that be for you? For me, it would probably be um, Mansa Musa. I don't, oh, know if okay. you, I don't know if you know who Mansa Musa is, but he's, he's basically the, the wealthiest person ever recorded in history. Yeah. So I would just ask him, like, how did you amass so much wealth? Like, how did you, how were you able to amass so much wealth? That's, he was a king in Africa, right? Correct? What, five yeah, years yeah in, in Mali, yeah. 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 yeah, the richest person ever. Yes. Ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But I, 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 would, I would pick Muhammad Ali because of, not just because of what he did, it's because of the courage the man had. Mm-hmm. Right? To have that much courage and to stand up against the system and, and to, 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 to lose everything for something you believed in, you can't ask for more purpose than that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 
What is your main strategy for organizing your day? Uh, my main strategy for organizing my day is, is the, the night before I'd like to write down my to-do list and I'll know what I have to tackle the next day. And right. I, just, I just use it on my phone. I just check them off one by one. And when I'm done, it never, they never all seem to get checked off. That's the problem, though, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're always adding up. That's, that's what I would say, though. Okay. What was your worst moment and what did you learn from it? My worst moment. Uh, my worst moment is probably when my father died. I was 27 years old and I was grossly ill-prepared for it. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I wasn't prepared mentally. I wasn't prepared financially. Uh, and that's the moment of my life. I said, well, I'll never let this happen to me again. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was still in that, uh, post university friends party mode. It wasn't taking life a whole lot serious. Uh, and then something like that happens and, and all of a sudden you have to take things seriously at that point in time. Uh, that was a pivotal mo moment in my life. The next year I got married, had a kid a couple of years later and it's been, uh, good ever since, but that was a very pivotal moment in my life where you start to realize either you're, you know, who are you and what is your, what are you doing here? You know? mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you had to build a business from the ground up with only a hundred dollars, how would you leverage that? Uh, if I had to build a business with only a hundred dollars, I would, you know, like, like theta, I would build it, you know, I would build a knowledge based business as mm. opposed to a, 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 a you know, a goods based business. I wouldn't want to sell widgets, you know, selling whatever on eBay or, or sorry, Amazon, excuse me. That's not what I would do. I would start a content knowledge based business because sharing of knowledge and content is far more beneficial to someone's life than buying something. Right. Hmm. So, and also it doesn't require the same capital. So if you want to start a business, you know, a content knowledge based business, you could do that with a large, small amount of money. You couldn't start a, you know, a full e-commerce business with, <laughs> with, with a hundred bucks. It'd be tough. Absolutely. What's the best advice you've ever received? Hmm. The best advice I've ever received. I've received it many times from, from people and it was really hard. It was the most elusive thing I ever had to do in my life. Uh, and that advice was find something you love to do and you'll feel like you've never worked a day in your life. Right? Yeah. People say this all the time, Kobe, find something you love to do. Well, it's not easy to find something you love to do. You're stuck in some crappy job you hate. You know, that's the reality for most people. You're stuck in some crappy job. You think someone, when they were eight years old, they dreamed about being, uh, uh, you know, a junior accountant at a fun company? No, that wasn't their dream. I can assure you that was not their dream. Yeah. Right? Somewhere along the way, we lose that dream. Why do we lose that dream? The reason we lose that dream is because we no longer have, we don't have... We don't have resources. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the energy. We have all those things elude us. So the greatest, you know, uh, you know, advice I was given is find something you love to do. It's not easy to do it. All I'm the reason we came up with data trading is so that we can show people how to make more money, so that they can put themselves in a position where they can find what they love to do. If I didn't know how to trade, Kobe, I would still be at my Bay Street job to this day. Wow. Right. And that would, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's not a, like, it's, I'm very grateful and thankful. Like, it's not like, you know, you're sitting, you're starving or something. It's a very good living. Yes. But I know there's so much more out there. And if, 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 if you don't, if you don't pursue something you love with passion, you know, I, I, 
I don't think Theta would have been so successful so far if it wasn't for the fact that Matt and I really love what we do. Like literally we, we love it. We would do it for free. We, we, we've done it for free. We, we, you know, like when I go to dinner parties with my wife, she has to tum tum down and tell me, she's like, you need to shut up. <laughs> she goes, some people don't care. They don't want to hear about the stuff. Right. And she's like, she'll pull me aside. She's like, stop talking about this. And I'll be like, all right, let's talk about the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jays. Yeah. Let's talk about that. But sometimes I have a bad tendency. Again, why does that happen? It's because I have a belief. I have a passion for it. So that's the greatest advice I've received. I've received it from multiple people. Find something that you love to do, and you will, you will have the time of your life. That is the best thing I can suggest. But put yourself in a position to do it. It's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Just a few more questions here. Sure thing, buddy. List your, list your top few most influential books. Uh, most influential books. I'd say Seven Habits, Stephen Covey. Uh, really good book. Unshakable, uh, Tony Robbins. Uh, just looking back at my... Uh, and, of course, uh, all the different... Uh, <laughs> All the different uh, books I've read on, on investing. I've got trading. tons of yeah, trading. I've got tons of trading books. But I would say, you know, those couple books, uh, Stephen Covey's book was really, really good. Uh, you know, Seven Habits of Successful People. That's a, a great book. Um, uh, same thing with Tony Robbins' book. That was a, you know, Unshakable was a r- really good book. I did Tony Robbins last year and I found it, you know, really good. Uh, good to great. And I would say another one to me would be Blue Ocean Strategy. Uh, so a lot of, you know, books, fo- books focused around life and, and, and lifestyle and mentality, the way you live. Uh, remember, money is a simple byproduct of, of living a clean, disciplined life. It's that simple. You know, if you wake up at a reasonable hour, you go to bed at a certain time, you eat well, you think well, you have a good, healthy relationships around you, you're going to be a successful person and a happy person. Now, if you go to bed late, and you're drinking, you have substance issues, you get up, you have crappy relationships with people, you eat poorly, life's not going to be very good. So, you know, that's, that's what I would say. I would, I would say those books have been really good for me. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. True about business that most people don't agree with me on. Um, yeah, here's one. I, 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 I think a lot of people do agree with me, but I think a lot of people don't agree on this one. I'm very, very careful in business to only work with people that are, that are, that I like and that are ethical. I don't ever want to look over my back. So my mm. business partner, Matthew, for example, he's been my best friend for 26 years. We met in first year university. I don't have to look over my back. I knew if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, he'd take care of my family. Mm. So for me, when entering a business, it's, I don't care how good the idea is. It's all about the people. Some people agree with that. Some people don't. But to me, it's all about the people. If I have ethical, competent, high-quality people that I'm working with, I'm very comfortable. Once you introduce one crappy person to that environment who ruins everything you know, by being either unreasonable or unethical, it can destroy an entire business. Hmm. So I would say for me, that's the, that's the best advice for, that, I, that, that I use that not everyone agrees with. So some people don't mind working with, with you know, shady characters as long as it gets them to their end goal. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're ever going to get to your end goal by working with a shady character. That's my point. And is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners? 
Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, and I would say any last piece of advice I can leave for you, just, just, you know, find what you want to do with your life. You know, what do you want out of life? Life is, life is not about money. Life is about the size, the smile on your face. Okay. Find what puts a smile on your face. And we all know that you need resources to live a certain lifestyle. So if you know that you need, Hey, I want to travel Three months of the year, I only want to work three days a month, and I need $10,000 a month coming in. We'll structure your affairs accordingly. So the last thing I will leave you guys with, I'll say that find out, look introspectively. What do you want out of life? Once you've figured out what you want, work backwards and build it so that you can get to your place of zen, You know, your, your, the, the, how you want to live the rest of your life. That's what I would, I would say. But nothing's going to happen without a plan and knowledge. It's just not going to happen. Like, Kobe, where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself? You're, you're, you're a young man. You're, you're a bright man. You've got, you've got a – where do you see yourself? Um, for me, I see myself getting to a point where I'm in a position to create generational wealth for my family. That's, that's the ultimate goal. And then teach others to do the same. So you. I'll use vehicles like my, po- my podcast that I have right now. Um, I'm working on getting my exempt market dealer license so that I can provide those opportunities um, to create generational wealth for my family and then other people. That's, that's, you. that's it. Good for you, man. Appreciate and then, it. And then, and then you're going to need all kinds of, you're going to need knowledge. You're going to need discipline. You're going to need all those things in order to accomplish this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ho- I'm really, I hope we have helped you along your journey to get to that place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you've helped me too. It's, it's a, it's a give, give relationship. Appreciate it. No worries, man. Um, and how can the purposeful story family reach out to you and learn more about your purposeful journey? Uh, the best thing to do would be to go to thetatradingco.com. That's T-H-E-T-A tradingco.com. Uh, you can find out more about us, what we do. Uh, also, we have a free one-hour or one-and-a-half-hour webinar that we host two to three times a week just to explain to new people what the strategy is and how it can benefit their life. It's free. I encourage everyone, if you want to take an hour, an hour and a half out of your life to listen to what we have to say, it could potentially change the rest of your life. Like it's the way it changed your life, Kobe. Yep. So I would say the, the way to get a hold of us is through thetatradingco.com or 30minutestocktrader.com forward slash thetatrading. That's for the free one hour webinar. Okay. I don't know if do you need that, Kobe. You want me to put it in the in the chat or? Can yeah, you... I'll um I'll take all your information. All that's gonna be in the show notes, so they'll they'll all have access to that for sure. Actually, I'll just put it in there right now. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, that's 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 about it, uh, Cody. All right, and, so, uh, Kobe. No worries. So Omar, appreciate you coming on the show today. All right, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate having me on, and uh, I'm glad I could share my story and hopefully add some value to your to you and your listeners. Absolutely. And thank you, Purposeful Story family, for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember, live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Talk soon.
This episode was edited by Clayton Bob of Precise AV Solutions and the beats were created by DJ Nana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. All it does is help drive more listeners to the value we're bringing to your eardrums. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon. Thank you.